Hi, everyone. I'm Jeff Hunt, and this is Human Capital, a Goalspan podcast. On Human Capital, I get the pleasure of interviewing top business thought leaders in the U.S. and abroad in the quest to uncover the deeply human aspect of work. One of the things I love is having a diversity of guests on my show, and today is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about the war for talent and specifically how employers can find passionate people who are great at their jobs. Even with a large, capable, and available workforce, finding the right talent can still feel like finding a needle in a haystack. On today's show, I'm also looking forward to talking a little bit about artificial intelligence and specifically the benefits and pitfalls of AI and recruiting. My guest today is Sean Fahey, who is the CEO of VidCruiter, which is a popular online recruiting software specializing in video interviewing. Sean is both a CEO at VidCruiter and also a strategic recruitment advisor to organizations worldwide. And in addition to those roles, he serves on the Forbes Human Resources Council. Welcome, Sean. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, I'm excited to dive into this topic today. We haven't covered it yet on the show. But before we do that, I always love to start uh, with my guests kind of rewinding their journey. So let's go back and take a look at the beginning of your career, share with our listeners who or what inspired you to go into business, and eventually start your own company. Sure. So uh, the very first thing that inspired me to go into business was a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, from a gentleman called Robert Kiyosaki. Um, I followed that book with a second one called Cashflow Quadrant. And then that sort of just expanded my mind to a new world that I didn't really know existed or didn't understand as much. Uh, that was when I was just in school and university and started reading these kinds of books. And then from there, I started a few businesses and then eventually landed in HR tech software. And what brought you into HR tech? Um, yeah, the business I ran before this was retail. Um, then between, uh, I stopped doing retail in 2018, uh, 2008, 2009 during the sort of downturn in the economy at that time. And, uh, I went out to get a job. Uh, and that wasn't that obvious of a process. Uh, I had to apply to all sorts of organizations and I had just built the company on my own to 30 employees and my resume wasn't really a traditional resume, you know, uh, MBA, CEO under 30 is not typically something that you get those roles. The, the titles don't match with the roles. So uh, I, I wouldn't even get interviewed. Uh, and, I, and I was, you know, I'd built all that from scratch and I had pretty, like it was a good business. So I couldn't even get a phone interview. So, you know, then I had to start tweaking my resume, changing my titles. And then finally I met a recruiting firm and then they interviewed me in the whole firm and offered me two jobs on the spot that day. Wow. And I said, how is it possible that I couldn't get an interview? And then as soon as I talk to someone, I get two job offers. Uh, I ended up not taking those roles and I ended up working for an insurance company that was expanding. And they said, we want to hire 200 people as fast as possible. But their plan was like a five-year plan. And then I had the idea, well, what if we could hire 200 people as fast as possible? And then we could just sit in the office and the finalists would walk in. Um, and then I also had just experienced not getting interviews when I was qualified for all sorts of roles. Uh, and sort of, I didn't even have a chance to say my story or tell my story to the employer. So 
putting all that together, needing to hire a lot of people, having just gone through the hiring process and seeing how there was some missing links there, I said, we need to have a video system that would allow a candidate to share their story and give them a chance at um, being in front of that employer. Mm -hmm. And so that's where sort of VidCurter came together with all those different parts. And I, we launched VidCurter in 2009. An eternity for a software company, mm. by the way. <laughs> Uh, people often ask you, you know, what was your background? Was it recruiting or was it uh, HR? It wasn't either. It was just seeing in the market that there was a need for applicants to be able to tell their story and recruiters to save time and interview the right people. Uh, so it did take some time for VidCrew to get off the ground, though, because I didn't have that background. Sure. Uh, but eventually in 2012, I started full time in the company. And we officially launched our product that we have here today in 2013. Okay. So you really, you know, looking back, you really experienced a problem yourself. You identified that problem and you found a way to come up with a solution that would really help a lot of people. It seems like. You got it. Basically digitizing the interview process. Okay. Very good. You know, I mentioned this in the intro to our show, but sometimes finding the right person can really feel like a needle in the in a haystack and it can be incredibly frustrating. And so I guess since you have such expertise now in this space, I'm curious about what some of the ways are that hiring teams can overcome this challenge. Sure. We typically see a few different types of challenges. Some are too many candidates and some are not enough. Those are typically, you're, you're usually in one of those two camps. It's, um, and so our products and, and what we see, we have different ways to help with both those challenges. And there's some cases where we don't help, and I could talk about all three. But the first one is when you have too many ca qualified candidates or too many candidates in your pool. It's hard by looking at a resume to know who's qualified and who's not. And you can get some idea from the resume. But when you watch what's called a pre-recorded interview or asynchronous interview where people record at home and a lot of our clients will just automate the first step. So automate if their resume is good enough, if they answer a certain series of questions, if they pass a skill test of some sort, just automatically interview those people for us. And that's what the system will do. And then at that point, you would do that when you have too many candidates, typically. Uh, but you then get to interview or watch interviews for maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 people. Whereas in a traditional phone interview, you might only do five or 10 phone interviews and you're limiting the opportunity to look at more candidates. And so oftentimes these needle in a haystack uh, candidates could be people that don't have the perfect resume, like sort of like what I had at the time, or a lot of people that may not know exactly how to write a perfect resume, have the right skill set to know what they're looking for. That's not a skill set that people developed often. But then when you see them present or answer your interview questions that may be specific to that role, you're like, wow, this is someone that I would have normally overlooked, but they're actually really good. Let's take the time to watch the rest of their interviews and maybe even move forward with an interview. Now, that may not happen in every single job posting, but this is an example of how to get that needle in a haystack, interview more people, right? But as an HR practitioner or recruiter, you may not have that time, which is where the system comes in and our platform can interview 100 people for you, 10 people for you in a week, whatever your numbers are. And then you can make decisions faster. Um, so a lot of clients will ask a knockout question or a kickout question, just go direct to this question. How did everyone answer this question? Oh, 
these 10 know what they're talking about. I'm going to spend the rest of the 15 minutes watching the rest of their interview. And doing that through a structured interview methodology is some of the ways. So that would be the first way that you help find the needle in the hate stack when you have too many candidates. Got it. And it sounds like what you're saying is really by this approach, you're gaining some significant efficiencies, which might allow you to find somebody that you wouldn't otherwise. And so you end up with potentially a better candidate and you're also spending less time doing it. That's our corporate goal is increase speed and quality at the same time. Got it. And for the candidate, the third person in this equation, they now have a chance to present themselves or interview with someone where they may have not had that chance in the past. So, you know, normally an organization will do five, 10 phone screens, maybe 15. They're not going to do more than that. And they're not going to do 20 or 30. Whereas now 30 people could have a chance to this role. And if you're qualified, may not be perfect resume on paper, but all of a sudden you answer these questions. And like you said, they're charismatic. They got the right culture fit. They're following your structured interview guides. They're answering the right way with the right question set that you need. That gets you that right person faster. When you, when you look at the ways that companies do interviewing, this is also seems quite variable. You have some companies that do structured, very structured sort of interviews. They may even do it with a lot of different uh, stakeholders within the company that are going to be impacted by this incoming person. And then you also have non-structured strategies. And so I guess I'm curious about your thoughts regarding these two, two different approaches. Sure, so the science that we follow and the research that we've seen from multiple different sources, whether it was from Google's research in the Laszlo block book or uh, some psychology books that we follow is that the structured interview methodology is the best way to recruit the best possible candidate. And what that means for people that may have thought, you know, they've heard the term, but they don't know exactly what that means is that every candidate is interviewed the same way under the same circumstances with the same interview questions with the same difficulty level. And in the video interview case with the same answer time. And so literally ha everyone has the same process. So that's step one is to structure the way in which you interview the person. Step two, which some organizations do, and we recommend it to everyone is let's structure your rating and evaluation of those candidates. So the first thing is, do you have a structured interview guide or rubric, which means that when I'm listening to this interview question, I can hear what and how I need to look for, what to look for is a good answer. And it helps guide managers along behaviors that we're looking for, competencies that we're looking for specific to what that person is saying. Now the beauty of our product is that can be embedded directly into the interview when you're watching it. So that if you need to ensure compliance, like some of our larger clients have to ensure compliance for every manager to make sure they're rating properly, they now have the proper interview guide associated to the proper question built into uh, the actual platform. So this is an example of how we deliver the methodology. So structure the questions, structure the rating, and then the ability to share that with multiple stakeholders can also reduce the elimination or reduce the possibility of bias. So in a phone interview or phone screen, one person may be making that decision. In a pre-recorded or asynchronous video interview, you could share the video with multiple stakeholders. 
So now two or three people are making a decision on if that person should move forward. And the probability of bias goes down dramatically because you can have different people from different team members, different backgrounds, evaluate those candidates. They were all set up the same way. And now I'll have a structured interview guide on how to make that decision. That's sort of how our tools are configured. Okay. And when you look at technology, are there ways that this type of technology, whether it's your company or others, can help solve some of the diversity, equity, and inclusion problems that result in the, you know, the recruiting space that sort of perpetuate those problems? Sure. So yeah, the first thing is to include other people in the decision-making process. So uh, to have uh, questions geared around those topics, when you're using an asynchronous video interview tool, you can have multiple people be part of your interview panel to help determine. And if you find that your interview panel always makes the same decisions or always leaning a certain way, you could even hire a contract person to help with doing your evaluations of candidates that may have a, from a completely different background. And so with this product, that person doesn't need to be in an interview. You don't have to explain who they are and all these other kind of things. You just add them to your process. If a lot of organizations are contacting us with these goals, and we have you know, permission sets that can have, hey, let's expand the panel. You have all these candidates, put them through the process, have this third party evaluate them, and then your team would have another outlook on these candidates where traditional interview methods don't allow for this kind of diversity thinking. Sean, AI now has its tentacles into almost every area of the workplace. What are some of the benefits and pitfalls of AI in recruiting? Sure. So from our point of view here at VidCruiter, AI in recruiting in terms of the video analysis is not at a quality yet that you can ensure that there is no discrimination happening. Um, there's a lot of research that has gone into, and we spend a lot of time looking at this. And you know, even just how certain people's dialect is built, some people say we instead of I, and some of the AI bots are built to recognize that that is a different mentality in terms of confidence level. Certain cultures use those words interchangeably. And so you could be invertedly discriminating against someone like that. So there's so many different nuances in dialect and there's nuances, there's other AI technologies for video analysis that analyze eye movements, uh, but it's picking off different contrasts in your lighting. So if I turn off the lights here, you may not be able to see as well as if I open up these windows, right? So there's just differences in how the, the tools work and pick up different components of uh, making decisions. So for us, we've stayed away from AI analyzing candidates. Where we see the power of AI in recruitment, which we are you know, in our plans to add, and we haven't even done it yet because there's a lot of different moving parts but it's to have AI help your ratings. So give power to the recruitment team and to the HR team and maybe the VP of HR to see across the organization what's happening and predict what's happening from that point of view. Not so much analyze the candidate because there's too many red flags that pop into that. And then there's more and more laws that are being put in place in different states in the US, one in Illinois, and around AI and video technology specifically, and other states are now uh, following suit. So it's just, it's getting into very risky 
types of recruiting. We are strong believers at VidCruiter in terms of structured interviews. That is proven and helps reduce bias by having more people involved. How do you see AI evolving? What are the trends? And do you actually see some of these challenges you described being overcome in the next, you know, cup two, three, five years? I think it's more five years. I think we, for recruiting, we have to wait till AI is proven at a rate that's, let's say, 100% or close to that to not have any biases in it before we start applying it to candidate evaluation. Um, and it's the same thing for cars, you know, like your AI is going to drive you. And we're already saying that, well, it's AI smarter than humans at driving cars and the probability of accidents are less. But no one's letting AI drive their cars. It's still not legal because the standard by which AI needs to be held by is much higher than a human driver. So until we see AI in other fields that have dramatically dominated those fields in a comparable way to or much better than what humans can do then i believe hr would be adding that into their their product suite a lot of our um, competitors in the market have went and dived in head first into those product sets i thought it was a little early and we held back because all the research we saw just kept showing bias 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 every time we looked into it so uh, and we looked at it from multiple angles so i think it's still five years i mean if you think about it how often does siri not pick up exactly what you said. Well, Apple's invested tons of money into that. And we're talking about one sentence, not an hour of speech. And if I miss one word or put the wrong word into that speech recognition engine, and that throws off a bias or you don't get hired because you said certain words the wrong way, you're getting into risky territory. So um, we're huge believers and let's let humans make the decisions, but let's make it easier for them and what we focus on is workflow automation. So we're talking about the structured interview system. Well, when the ratings are done, let's automate that and move it to the next step in the process, to the next person, to the calendar, to the video conference. Let's automate to the second interview. And so we automate the tasks that the recruiters do that aren't high value for the recruiter to do. Focus the recruiter's time or the hiring manager's time on interviewing quality, not those tasks. Very interesting because there's uh, distinct uh, connections between your technology and ours in the performance management space because we are we focus a lot on workflows as well. So, and they are critically valuable in terms of improving efficiency. Uh, there's basically no comparison to a manual process where you're trying to run that manually with those workflows versus doing it online. And it's like I said, it's true for 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 recruiting. It's true for performance management as well. You got it. And that's where we focus. And those efficiencies haven't been realized by most organizations yet. So let's start with something that's not going to put us in hot water and make that super efficient. And then we'll look at AI and other things that could augment that reality after. That makes sense. So we're, you know, the, the pandemic seems to be waning, at least in in the US uh, with all the vaccinations taking place. But when you look back on this unbelievable year, uh, last year in 2020, there were dramatic effects on every part, every part of business. And so I would love to hear your take on how it has affected online recruitment. 
Uh, well, it's accelerated it. That would be one of the terms uh, that I would use to describe that. Uh, Vidcritter is one of the lucky organizations that was able to stay in business during this time, continue operations. Uh, we've helped expand operations. And it's because we're able to help frontline workers get hired faster. Uh, in March of last year, we helped an organization that, helped, that hires traveling nurses. We helped them hire 1,400 nurses in 10 days. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the fastest that they had ever done that. And all those nurses went to New York City during the surge in COVID to help um, with that specific challenge that they had at that time. So we were able to do that's one of many stories. But those are the kinds of things that we were able to do over the last year. We helped hire uh, COVID workers who were doing contract tracing in Baltimore, uh, just all sorts of little stories like this to accelerate hiring, get the right people in as fast as possible. That's what our tool does. It accelerates the process. So, um, yeah, we, we've been lucky to help all sorts of organizations. And, and now there's the second phase where people are rehiring again. So we're helping through that phase again. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're we've been been lucky that we've been able to to help a lot of organizations through these times so i learned before our interview that earlier in your career speaking of a massive hiring <laughs> uh task that you were tasked with some sort of massive recruiting project with a very tight deadline um can you share a little bit about that experience and so just before i started vidcruiter someone asked me to help them hire 200 people uh, their deadline was five years, but I went back to them and said, well, why don't we just try to plan this and do this in the next 30 days? Because it was 100% commission sales representatives and insurance company. And there would be no limit or reason why you wouldn't hire them faster. And they sort of laughed and said, you won't be able to hire 200 people in 30 days. It's just not physically possible to go through all the stages we have to do to make that happen with the, it's just not possible. And I didn't like that answer. So that's where I started thinking about how could it be possible? And yeah, now I just gave you an example. We hired 1,400 nurses in 10 days and they need to be vetted for all the criteria that, you know, that's not a, there's a lot of hoops to jump through to prove that you're a nurse and so on and so forth. So, I mean, our tool has been used. Uh, now we just did a career fair for Lowe's uh, in Canada, across the country there. We hired 7,000 people in two months. Wow. Uh, so we're doing all sorts of these kinds of things to refill all their stores again and this kind of stuff. Uh, and they used our our video conferencing technology, our pre-recorded asynchronous technology, and our automated scheduling technology to book candidates into, uh, if it was COVID, they'd do an asynchronous. If that region was safe, they'd do a video conference or in-person, depending on the bandwidth of the store. So the candidates were routed to different interview types based on the type of session that they needed for the location that they needed at that time based on the COVID restrictions. Uh, so that was kind of a cool use case. Uh, but yeah, so we generally solve problems, whether it's speed, quality, or both. Uh, but that's, you know, our goal is to complement applicant tracking systems. Vidgritter is the perfect add-on to Workday, Oracle, SAP, Greenhouse, iSIMS, you name it. Our goal is to be everything that they don't do. And so that's where sort of we focus our, our time. There are other competitors, obviously. What what are some of your core differentiators? And also speak a little bit about your core values internally for your company. Sure. Well, our first core value here at Vidgritter is continuous improvement. 
So uh, a lot of people that had worked for us at the beginning of our organization had never done this before, right? I wasn't from a recruitment background. And so we just had to continuously improve on status quo. Um, and that has sort of transitioned into our whole team where it's like, if you don't know, it's okay. Let's just try to improve on what we did know. And improving by 1% or 10% a year dramatically speeds up your, your process. So that's been our main uh, sort of driving value, which then leads to continuous learning, continuous, you know, all sorts of other uh, components to that. In terms of our competitors, I mean, early on in 2014, 15, when we looked at AI, we realized that it would be problematic long-term uh, and we just shifted to the structured interview model. Uh, so we built all these features around workflow and structured interview workflows and rating workflows and this other scenario I gave you with Lowe's, how they, you know, the candidates flow through these different pipelines based on approvals and, and our workflow engine is uh, superior than, than anyone else. And the structured interview focus gave us uh, a competitive advantage in that sector. Now, some of our competitors are now sort of following this trend because they realize the HR market's not there yet. So, you know, we're moving that angle forward and we're leading in that angle. Uh, and then we also, you know, every organization says they're great at customer service, but the ratio that we have of customer service agents to sales reps here is 40 to one. Wow. For every sales rep, we have 40 people on the customer service team, whether it's implementation, uh, helping with uh, support for applicants, helping for support for organizations. And our NPS score, when you go to G2 and look at our reviews, is the highest or in the top two in the world for this market. Uh, so for the category that we're in, we're the highest, but we, uh, we have some of the best customer service in the world. Very impressive. How did you ultimately get to that place where you could make that claim? You know, what were some of the strategies you deployed? What happened is when we first, first started, uh, we realized that a lot of vendors don't help the HR practitioners, the recruiters put the software in place as much as they need to. They sort of just give it to you. And then they would come ask us, you know, well, how did, how does this work? And how does this work? And at one point I just decided, let's not have any documented hours on how much time we spent implementing clients. I want every single client to have unlimited implementation time. I want every single client, no matter what level of technology they have, to learn how to use recruiter. Because long-term, if they keep using it and they know how to use it and they're comfortable and it does exactly what they want, because you can use recruiter, knock it out in 24 hours, use a template, you're good to go. But if you want to customize this workflow that we've been talking about and you want to automate some of these efficiencies, we need to understand your business and we need to map that out into the product so that it works exactly for your business. So early on, we said we're just going to do unlimited implementation time. And that has trickled down into us just investing more and more and more into customer service. Um, and we just keep hiring as the need expands. And so that's really what happened. And is working and clients are referring more and more business. So we're just going to keep, we just hired another six people in the customer service team last week. And I've got seven more jobs open in that department. Very exciting. Um, it's also interesting because we have such a similar business model at Goalspan. So we basically have unlimited implementation hours as well. So, and it's, 
it's worked very well. So I appreciate you, you sharing that. So Sean, let's shift into some lightning round questions. These are just quick top of mind questions, completely unrelated to business, but kind of fun anyway. The first one is what are you most grateful for? Being here at this time. Uh, and I know that's kind of maybe odd, but when I look back in history at all the different times and innovation that we've we've seen humankind go through, we're at the peak of innovation and being part of that uh, is kind of exciting. So, you know, that's just being here and being able to be part of this sort of cool innovation would be one of my most grateful uh, moments or times. So. Definitely. What's one of the most difficult leadership lessons you've learned over your career? You know, I always lead by example uh, in here at VidCruiter. And sometimes that's not always been easy, but that would be, you know, leading by example would be one of the things that I've learned is the best way to lead. And that's one of the reasons we're successful. So that would be where I would say that. It's a good one. Who's one person you would interview if you could, living or not? Uh, Elon Musk. I want to know about his simulation story. He keeps talking about it and I've read about it a little bit, but I want to hear exactly from him. What is the simulation and why does he think we live in it? And what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think just never give up, you know? We're, Vidgurter started in, we didn't start in Silicon Valley. Uh, so we're in, you know, a remote part of Eastern Canada. There's not too many tech companies here. There's a lot of lobster fishermen. You know, we're just north of Maine. Um, so if you think of a remote part of Maine, that's kind of exactly where we are. So, uh, yeah, when we first started, we didn't think we would have the kind of clients that we have now. But now we have Fortune 25, Fortune 50, United Nations, you know, all sorts of clients on a global scale all around the world doing tens of thousands of interviews a day, sometimes hundreds of thousands. It's just kind of surreal to get to that point when you just start and it's just an idea. So a lot of people, I just say, just don't give up. Great piece of advice. What's the single most important thing you want our human capital listeners to take away from our talk today? Uh, the most important thing is, uh, it depends where you are in your trajectory or roadmap of adopting technology in your HR department. But I would say uh, it's always a great idea to try. And even though it might seem like, oh, this tool is not integrated with that one. And this is not, you know, it's not perfect. Just start doing baby steps of adopting more and more technology and um, improvements within HR and recruiting. Sometimes they get a lot of pushback from managers and stuff like that. And one of the things that we do here at VidCurter actually is we'll go not only train you and give you unlimited implementation, but we'll also do sales presentations for your team. Bring us in and help us sell to the rest of the organization why everyone needs to be on board with this. And whether it's us or any vendor, but it's get people to help you and just ask the vendors, you know, like, hey, we're having these challenges. I often tell clients, give us your hardest recruitment job, the hardest one to fail or whichever one it is. Let me fill that one first. Let me help you convince your hiring managers that they need to have this tool in place. And then when you get those small wins, you know, and just start small. People always, well, it's not integrated to Workday. It's not doing all these things. Let's just do one job. Let's not forget about all this other stuff. One win, second win, 
third win, fourth win. And then we'll talk about rolling it out and doing a whole national blitz or whatever. But so those are some of the things that sometimes people start at step 10 and we just want to start at step one. Eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? You got it. <laughs> well, this has been great, Sean. Thanks so much for the wisdom and for coming on the show today. Hey, appreciate it, Jeff. You bet. Thanks for listening to the show this week. We release a new episode of Human Capital on the first and third Tuesday of each month. I would really like to know what you thought of this episode. Send your comments to humancapital at goalspan.com. Human Capital is produced by Goalspan. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please share this podcast with your colleagues, team, or friends. Thanks for being human, kind.